Gentlemen, you're listening to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach. I'm the founder and curator of the Gird Up Podcast. I am super happy that you're with us today. It's been a blessing to share this journey uh, with a lot of men all over the country and all over the world. Um, and it's truly been a pleasure um, to get to know many of you, some of you, I guess, um, many of you as as uh, the podcast has grown as we've reached and as we've reached a larger audience I uh, pray that the Lord continues to bless it and that we can continue to reach uh, men with the message of the gospel, uh, providing hope uh, and identity as uh, men of God who are pursuing genuine masculinity, um, pursuing God's own heart, just as David did. Um, we really, truly can't be men as we were created to be without knowing our Father as He is. Uh, so what a wonderful blessing to have you with us today. We pray that we can be a blessing to you as well. Today's episode of the Geared Up Podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples Podcast. Pastor Paul Steinberg, who is a pastor, he's got his doctorate, and he's the father of five sons, uh, applies God's word to raising the next generation uh, five days a week. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast at ChristForDisciples.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find podcasts. That's ChristForDisciples.com. Now, Christ for Disciples is put on by Pastor Paul, like I said, um, but Pastor Paul is the leader of the um Chapels and Schools Ministry here in Milwaukee, and they just launched a new church as well. Um, very exciting things happening, doing a lot of things within our city to help bring families closer to their Heavenly Father and uh, bring the gospel and that message of peace to more people all over the city, uh, particularly in impoverished areas and particularly with uh, demographics uh, other than you know, the usual Lutheran church audience. Um, particularly uh, with uh, minorities. So just a really cool uh, ministry going on, lots of great opportunities to share the word um, in a city that desperately needs it. So include them in your prayers and uh, go enjoy the podcast content that he puts out every day. Whether or not you have kids, it's a great devotion, um, but particularly if you have kids or you work with kids, it's a great way to start your day. With that being said, let's get started with our show. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. Alright, for those of you who don't know... I am a first and second grade teacher in the wonderful city of Milwaukee. It's a great city. I do genuinely enjoy the city of Milwaukee. I actually live in Wauwatosa, uh, which is kind of like the, the suburb. Um, like when you think about the suburbs, Wauwatosa is kind of that that suburb, you know. Um, and so I do I do live a little bit outside the city, a couple blocks from, from where Milwaukee actually starts. Uh, but I do genuinely enjoy the city of Milwaukee. I love serving the city of Milwaukee. Um, but there's a lot of struggles in the city of Milwaukee right now. So the city of Milwaukee includes some of the zip codes with the highest incarceration rates in the country, a very high rate of crime. Uh, we have a bit of a heroin epidemic going on right now. We're part of the opioid crisis just like any other place. Uh, there's a fair amount of gang activity that goes on, although not as much as there has been. Um, it's, 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 there are a lot of rough parts of the city, and I happen to work in one of those rough parts of the city. 
Um, and that comes with its challenges, and it also comes with its joys, uh, where you get to win some of those battles, and you see the immediate impact of the work of the gospel and of the work that we do as teachers. Um, but there's was one, <laughs> I was thinking this the, to, this earlier this week about one particular young boy um, who 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 I've had in class. Well, I'm gonna call him Ziggy. I like to call him Ziggy. So uh, there's this young boy in my classroom uh, whose father was murdered when he was about two years old, and he was in my classroom when he was six. And he turned seven while I was in my class. I mean, he doesn't remember his dad personally, right? And he will never know his dad. But he knows all kinds of facts and stories about him. In fact, um, the first time I met this dude, this little dude, I, I, um, he walked right up to me and he got down to business immediately. He um, told me his dad's name and asked me if I knew him. And I didn't, I'd never met them. I never met his dad. So I told him I didn't know his dad. And his different, his disappointment was immediately evident, um, but he didn't miss a beat. He just kept talking. <laughs> he immediately then um, like told me everything he knew about his dad. Uh, he, like he was disappointed that I didn't know him, um, but he just started talking about his dad right away. Then and he said, "My dad died when I was little, right before my sister was born. Uh, he got shot." But he didn't say this like he wasn't sad when he said it. Um, he was just stating a fact, um, and that became more evident as he continued to talk. Um, he went on to share facts and stories about his dad, more facts and stories than I thought his little brain could hold. Um, and uh, he told me about his birthday. He told me when his dad's birthday was. He told me about uh, how his parents met. He told me how he got his last name because he had a hyphenated last name. So he told me how he has his last name and how part of it is his, is his dad's name. And he loves that he shares his dad's name. Um, he told me what his dad looks like and that he looked just like his dad did when he was in first grade. Um, he, he talked about his, his uh, he told me stories about his dad, about how his dad and his grandpa, so his, his mom's dad and his dad would work together and they do projects together and they got along real well and they tell stories about that kind of stuff um and uh like he just in great detail he just goes on with with all these stories about his dad that he's heard from the people around him um and then he also talks in great detail he'll often describe his his daddy's headstone uh, and his cemetery plot and how they go there and they visit him often and, and they do this and and he takes great pride in this this little dude um he, he's ne- he never really knew his dad but he feels a strong connection to his dad he takes pride in who his father was he takes pride in who he is as his father's son um and, and, and he he builds his own identity on this foundation of masculinity um that he finds in a man that he's really never met and this is possible because he seeks out every little detail and every fact of every story about his dad. Um, every time he meets a new adult, he walks right up to him. He shakes their hands sometimes, but he walks right up to these new adults that he meets and he asks them, do you know my dad? And uh, I've been there a couple of times, a few different times when the answer was yes. And just to see him, he lights up like a Christmas tree, right? You know, just the joy in his face, that interest. He's earnest, man. He starts asking all these questions, looking for stories, asking asking how they met, asking how they knew each other, asking for all kinds of information about his dad. And he remembers every answer, and he catalogs every little detail that he ever learns about his dad. He catalogs it in his heart, and he locks it away so that he can savor it, right? He's got this relentless pursuit of his father. He wants to know who he is. He wants to know who his dad is. Um, and, and he knows it's important. And because of who his dad was and because of the way his dad lived his life, 
Um, this little guy has the opportunity then to know his father even beyond the grave. Um, and uh, not in a weird way that a lot of people will mean it um, when they're like, oh, he's looking down on us. But but even though his father is gone, he still plays an active role in his life um, because he gets to see and hear about his dad. He gets to see who his dad was. He gets to know his dad, even though he doesn't get to spend time with him, even though his dad isn't with him anymore. Um, in a spiritual sense, you and I are the same way, right? In a spiritual sense, we are the sons of a father that we cannot see. Um, there's a great divide, a massive chasm has opened between us and our father. And though he's always with us and he walks beside us, we've, we've never seen his face. Right? You and I were built in the image of God. We find our identity in God. We are sons of the father, but... We weren't there to walk with him in the cool of the day, naked and unashamed in the Garden of Eden, in that perfection, in that perfect environment. We weren't there to walk with God and to know him face to face like Adam and Eve did. We weren't sent by angels to a barn in Bethlehem to see a baby or or to follow a star um, to a house to see a toddler. Um, You and I didn't get to walk with Jesus uh, for days on end as he traveled by foot from Capernaum to Jerusalem and back again and and through Samaria, through enemy territory, right? Walking and walking and walking. It was like a five days journey. And think about how many times Jesus went back and forth. All that walk and all that time to spend with each other. All those nights by the fireside. All those days eating together and working together and talking together and playing together, right? We weren't there to share in Jesus' tears at Lazarus' grave or to laugh with him on a mountainside or to see his miracles or to dine with him in the upper room. We weren't there to see him arrested and put on trial and scourged and condemned and crucified and killed. And we also weren't there in the garden by the tomb to greet him on the third day, to walk around, to walk that road to Emmaus with him, um, to touch him in Jerusalem, to hear him proclaim peace, to appear in that upper room and say, peace be with you, I'm back, right? Um, we, we didn't get to fish with him in Galilee. We didn't get to see Peter's joyous celebration when, when the Lord came back. We didn't get to see any of these things. We weren't there to rub shoulders with Jesus. We've never touched his beard. We've never laid eyes on his face. We've never really seen Jesus, but yet we know him. We study the stories about him. We study his great deeds and his teachings and his mighty miracles and signs. You and I have this opportunity by the study of the scriptures and by prayer and by meditation to know God as he really truly is. He's given us a detailed history of everything. You know, I, I love that idea that history is his story, right? There is nothing recorded in history that isn't a, rec- a record of God doing his thing on the earth, right? Everything that we see proclaims the glory of God, including the study of scripture. So why are we often, why are we so often content with the obituary version? An obituary doesn't encapsulate absolutely everything somebody is or what they were. It's a short outline of who somebody was to try and put meaning to their life now that they're gone. Nobody who goes to a funeral will pretend that the obituary captures absolutely everything that that person was and that that person is and what they've lost. They haven't lost a 500-word essay. They've lost someone and something that is so much more, so much more, so much bigger than words could ever describe. And it's the same way with our Heavenly Father. Why are we so often content with just 
swimming in the shallow end when we could be swimming in the ocean. Right? We like to stay right near the shore. God, God describes his love for us as a great ocean, as a sea that doesn't end. His, his grace and his mercy are as, they're, they're as big and as bountiful as the east is from the west. There is no end. We will never reach them. But instead of going out and exploring the depths of his mercy and his love, instead of going out and sailing a ship uh, on his goodness, we stay by the shore. We stay in the shallow end. We kind of wade in. We walk around the edge of the pond, right? And we, we, we know who God is. We know what Jesus did. We believe it, you know, and we can tell most of the stories and we can help our kids with their word of God homework. But we never really get into the big stuff, right? We just kind of stay on the edge. We're content to sit on the edge, to stay in the shallow end and know who he is but never really know him. The study of scripture isn't about me and, and God and, and knowing what I need to know in order to get to heaven. These are important things, but very few people spend time reading scripture and studying the word you know, and, and spend time in prayer who don't already have saving faith. So our goal is no longer just to get to heaven. And our goal should be far larger than just preserving an ounce of faith so that as I lie in my deathbed, I have just enough breath to say, Father, forgive me and I might go to heaven. When I study scripture, when we study scripture, it's not just about about waiting in the shallow end. It's about knowing Jesus and seeing God. You and I have volumes to study. So why do we make ourselves content with an outline? Knowing Jesus and seeing God as he is with personality and emotions and omnipotence and almighty power and omniscience, when we, when we start to get the whole picture, when we start to see this vast painting, this vast picture, this vast and glorious image of who God is as he really truly is and not just as I've shrunk him down to fit him into my head, we... Everything changes. Everything changes. You've, you and I have been created in the nature of God. We have been begotten by a deity. Um, you and I are princes in the kingdom of the Lord. And that means something. It means something. And it means something about who I am and what I am. But I don't know what that means. I don't know what impact that has unless I lean into it and go explore it. What does it mean to be a son of God? What traits and characteristics do a son of, does a son of God have? And don't give me the Sunday school answers. We got to dig into the Bible. We got to dig into scripture. We really got to explore. We got to be curious. We got to learn and breathe and live out what we're seeing and reading in scripture. Dig into the juicy parts of scripture. Read into what you see there. I love John Eldridge's, um, I've never read the book, I'm going to read it soon, but I love John Eldridge's lecture that he does where he explores Jesus' personality and he declares him a beautiful outlaw and he talks about all the different stories and the personality of Jesus. He talks about, um, he talks about the, uh, when he's 12 years old and he's in the temple and he's, he, he won't leave. He would rather 
abandon his earthly parents and get lost in the city of Jerusalem. He likely hasn't eaten very much for several days because he's at the feet of the teachers and, 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 pre, and, and priests. And he just won't leave because he's so curious. He wants to be fed. It's more important to him than going home. It's more important to him than being with his mother. It's more important to him than anything else on the planet is being with his father and sitting at at the feet of the teachers and understanding scripture and knowing these things. We imagine Jesus often as just like knowing right away. Um, like when he came out of the womb, he just like was in control and he had everything figured out and he just was biding his time until he started his ministry or something. Jesus was human, just like you and me. He was a boy. He grew into a man. Um, and he had a person, he was real. Think about the, think about the the story of the storyline of Peter, um, where you start out with the calling of Peter. Jesus just walks up to the edge of the water and says, you know, Hey, you guys catch anything? And Jesus said, or, and Peter says, no. Jesus says, cast them out and, and, and cast out the nets on, and, and on the other side. And Peter goes, dude, come on, man. We, we've been doing this all night. And Jesus says, throw them out on the other side. And Peter catches this huge catch of fish. He jumps in the water. He goes running to Jesus, falls at his feet, and then goes, Lord, I'm not worthy to be with you. Do we really imagine that Jesus like stood there and, and, and just like soaked it in? I I see him reaching over and picking Jesus up or picking Peter up and dusting him off and going, All right, dude, you're gonna see way more way more impressive things than that before this is over, right? Or the scene when 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 he's in the upper room and he's and they're singing a hymn and they're laughing and they're talking and he's washing the feet of his disciples. You really think it was dead silent with like movie theater music playing in the background? There's this glorious theme going on or whatever. Jesus is probably laughing and goofing and, and he's splashing a little bit of water. He's washing the disciples' feet. Like there's actually a human element here. What about when he rises from the dead? When Mary sees him in the garden and 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 thinks that he's the gardener. You really think he said, Mary, right? Or do you say, Mary, it's me. It's Jesus. It's your friend. Come on, give me a hug, right? Or when he, when he, when, when he showed up in, in, the, in, in the locked room on Easter Sunday, do you think he, he, he appeared? And then there's this like glorious light, and then there is again music play, like harps playing in the background, and Jesus stood there and put his hands up and he said, "Peace be with you." No, man. The scripture says that he just suddenly appears among them and says, "Peace be with you." He knows that they're terrified. He knows that they're terrified because he's gone. So he shows up in a room full of his disciples and says, "Hey, you guys can all be at peace." Because I'm back. I've risen from the dead. And not only have I risen from the dead, but I've broken the power of death and sin. You don't think Jesus was smiling? You don't think he was happy? He was rejoicing. What about this whole road to Emmaus thing? Jesus walks up to a bunch of dudes or a couple of dudes that he's known for years on the road to Emmaus and pretends he doesn't know what's going on. He certainly is teaching the, the men on the road to Emmaus He's, you know, he's teaching them, he's showing them the, the, the prophecies and how they're all fulfilled, and he's, he's explaining the whole thing to them. But he also, like, he walks up to them, and they, he's like, dude, you guys look kind of sad. 
you just don't look too happy. And they're like, have you, are you, are you a foreigner? How do you not know what's going on? He's like, I don't know what's going on. He's talking about himself. He's like, well, tell me what happened. Right. And then they get there and he just disappears. I, there's just so much personality there. So much joy. And to read into that and to see that and to experience Jesus like that, um, and to see the playfulness of God and the, the, the joy that God has in his creation and the, the just the pleasure of creating the earth that, that God put into creating the earth, like um, the warm kiss of a, of a, sun, a sunny day in the spring, right? Just like these things are all God. Like the kind of God who creates sex and says, this is just a snapshot of what it's going to be like to be with me. Like the the kind of God who puts friends in your life that that you just think about a belly laugh, right? Just like a real true belly laugh after you haven't laughed for a while. Just a big belly laugh. You're just full of mirth and you can't stop laughing. Doesn't that feel great? That's what's gonna be like with Jesus all the time, except even better. So why are we content to swim in the shallow end? Why are we afraid to go sail out on a, on an ocean of God's grace and mercy and love? Why would we be okay with the obituary when we could read volumes on who Jesus is and what he is? So make the, my encouragement today, I guess, is, is to amp up your study of scripture. I'm not saying I, if, if, if you're already a dedicated Bible reader, I'm not saying you necessarily need to put more time into it. But I want you to start praying, Lord, show me who you are. Let me know you as you truly are. Let me see you not as I imagine you. Let me know you not as I imagine you to be, but as you truly are. And the closer we get to seeing God as he actually is, the more we'll understand him, the stronger our faith is going to be, the more peace we're going to have, the more joy we're going to have, and the more things are going to fit together. The farther I get from God, the tougher things get. The closer I get to God, the more wonderful things get. This is not a journey that we are going to regret if we choose to lean in, to run further up and further in, to chase after God, to know him as he is. If I want to know who I am and where I fit in the grand scheme of things, in this big story that God has, if I want to know where I fit and who I am, I better get to know who my Savior is and what my Savior is and who God is as he truly is. Because when I know God better, I'm going to know myself better. A study of scripture isn't just me getting to know my Savior. It's also me getting to know who I am and what I've been set apart to be. So go dig into scripture, fellas, and find out who you really are and and partake in that that wonderful and blessed identity as a child of God. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. 
You can find us on social media, on Facebook, under the Gird Up Podcast. And there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.